Well, hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Monday, October 23, 2023, or 10-23-23, the 4th of 5 Mondays this month, and it's National Boston Cream Pie Day, which is actually a cake made with sponge cake. It's not even a pie, and as you would imagine, the Boston Cream Pie Cake was first made in Boston. In 1856, by a chef at the Parker House Hotel. It was originally called the Parker House Chocolate Cream Pie, even though it's a cake. And a slice of whatever you want to call it would make almost anyone's Monday a little bit better. I know that for sure, especially if your team or teams came up short over the weekend. My team, the Miami Dolphins, lost in Philadelphia last night. I hope you had a great weekend doing whatever it is you like to do with your friends and family, and your team or teams were in the win column. Monday Night Football has the Vikings hosting the 49ers, and back in Philadelphia, the Phillies could close out the NLC tonight against Arizona. We also have a game seven in the ALCS with the Rangers and Astros tied up at three. That game in Houston where the Rangers have won all three. A big thank you to Kay Smythe for filling in all of last week and doing a great job, especially under the circumstances. Thank you, Kay. Yes, I had a terrific vacation. Thanks for asking. And for those of you that reached out to me at Radio underscore Marino on X, I do appreciate it. It never fails, right? I say under the circumstances because Murphy's Law. You plan a vacation months in advance. You work around everyone's schedule and the schedule of things that are happening. And it turns out to be one of the biggest news weeks of the year. Never fails. And as Kay said back on Friday that it was finally Friday and it was a heck of a week, a long week, and you should only expect more news over the weekend, not less. Like the Biden administration acknowledging U.S. troops and facilities in the Middle East have been under attack as the Israel-Hamas war now enters its third week. What we're seeing is a is the prospect of a significant escalation of attacks uh, on our troops and uh, our our people throughout the region. That's Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin after the Pentagon deployed the USS Eisenhower in additional air defense to the Mideast Sunday morning. Austin telling ABC's This Week, a terminal high-altitude area defense, or THAAD, system and extra Patriot Air Defense missile battalions will also be sent to the region and more troops are being put on standby. I think uh, you'll see a fight that's characterized by a lot of IEDs, a lot of booby traps, uh, and just uh, really grinding activity uh, going forward. Again, that's Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on ABC's This Week, and he's talking about the Israeli ground invasion that, again, is said to be happening any day, and hopefully not talking about what any U.S. troops will encounter. Last night is being described as the most violent night of bombing in Gaza thus far. Israel's attack on Hamas in Gaza extending to the northern border of Lebanon and into Syria, where Iran, of course, has a big presence. Israeli missiles hitting Damascus and Aleppo International Airport Sunday, killing at least two workers. That is according to Syrian state media. An Israeli missile also landed in Egypt Sunday close to where the trucks are bringing in the humanitarian aid that's on the other side of the bridge, Israel calling it an accident. Egypt's military spokesman said an unspecified number 
of guards had sustained minor injuries in that uh, with the landing of that missile. This is Israel Defense Force spokesperson Major Spielman on Newsmax Saturday. Today, uh, we've seen more of the similar attempts at incursions around the Gaza Strip. Lest we think that this border has gone quiet since Hamas carried out their massacre 15 days ago, we are still very much facing incursions. Two terrorists were neutralized, trying to get into Israel, trying to, to carry out attacks near Kisufim. It's one of the areas directly along the border. There's been a number of rocket attacks and mortar attacks. I was just down there a short time ago. And we are responding with a lot of force. We are targeting major operational centers in Gaza. We managed to neutralize the deputy head of all that artillery fire coming out of Gaza on behalf of Hamas. So that is still very much a hot border. We're strongly in control of that area, but we're thwarting constant attempts. Hamas hasn't given up and turned into a, a peacekeeping force, as they want to, as they want to claim. Um, the north of Israel has also been an area uh, that is constantly kind of growing in terms of what's happening in that area. It's clear the Iranian-funded Hezbollah organization is trying to pull us into a northern conflict. We're containing the area. They've shot a number of anti-tank weapons. There was a also an assault by a terrorist that was neutralized. We've sent a very clear message. If you strike, we're going to strike back very strong. Do not get involved. It's not worth your time. And our message to the Lebanese government is, and the Lebanese people, preserve whatever's left of Lebanese sovereignty in your country. Do you really want to put your fate with, a, with one of two terrorist organizations, either Hamas or Hezbollah? Our recommendation is that they don't. Major, do you expect this ground incursion to, to happen soon? Uh, what does it look like? Can you give us a timeline on this? So specific operational, uh, for obvious reasons, I can't go into timelines where heavily, heavily preparing for that option. Our strikes from the air are very clearly dedicated to if that was to take place, when that takes place, the time and location of our choosing. We are preparing the groundwork for that. We've had a number of uh, reconnaissance missions carried out in order to prepare for that area. Also looking for the remnants and clues to the, which hostages there are, and also to prepare for that. We've also struck a lot of Hamas towers, those underground networks, areas that they may try to use to obviously snipe at our forces. But, you know, there's still the existing issue, which is Hamas, their terror is not only directed towards Israel, it's directed towards their own citizens. They're still trying to keep them right there in the battle zone in contravention of international law. And more on Israel from former Prime Minister Olmert, who also served as the mayor of Jerusalem for a decade. Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much for making time for us. Uh, know that our thoughts continue to be with uh, all of the uh, all the citizens of Israel. Uh, President Biden this week saying that he stands with Israel, uh, but with respect to the war in in Ukraine, he has been criticized for the slow pace of providing military support. Bunker buster bombs are necessary for a successful ground invasion of, of Gaza. Do those need to be a priority, sir, for Washington in terms of the concrete assistance that you're hoping to see from the United States? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that I know precisely all the different details. What needs to be uh, used in order to uh, um, attack the uh, bunkers in uh, Gaza, but I'm sure that President Biden heard, uh, he participated in the uh, 
a session of the uh, war cabinet uh, in Israel while he was here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he got all the information. And I have no doubt that uh, as far as America is concerned, we'll get everything that we need for the uh, operations, mm -hmm. the military operations, which probably will take place in the next few days. So yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I trust, I entirely trust the judgment and the goodwill and the support of uh, America and the American administration and certainly of President Biden. Uh, you know the IDF capabilities, sir. There's some of the best fighting forces in the world, uh, but there have been some concerns by strategists about whether a ground invasion in the south into Gaza could leave Israel open to a northern incursion by Hezbollah. We just had a report that uh, there has there have been some Israeli officials that have suggested that Hezbollah has indeed, uh, in in some fashion, entered this fight in the north. Is that a concern uh, for you, sir? Uh, the the widening of this uh, of this war potentially yes of course uh, they are already now are involved in all kinds of uh, skirmishes uh, in the north trying to split the uh, attention of the Israeli military from the south to the uh, to the north to somehow weaken the focus mm -hmm. of uh, Israel and uh, Hezbollah is the long arm of Iran just as Hamas is the long arm from Iran so I believe that potentially there can be a wider intervention by Hezbollah in an attempt to somehow stop the Israeli operation uh, in the south. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a little difficult to understand, but he said Hezbollah is a rogue arm of Iran, like Hamas is a rogue arm of Iran. That's former Israeli Prime Minister Olmert on Saturday's edition of America Right Now with Tom Basile, who also spoke with South Carolina Senator and Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott. Uh, Senator, uh, President Biden, he has condemned Hamas. However, he has avoided going after their patron, Iran, too strenuously. This even as U.S. forces came under attack this week by Iran-backed Houthi mis uh, militants and took fire in Iraq. What would your strategy be, sir, your message here to address the larger threats that we face from Iran and its proxies? Good morning. Uh, thank you, Tom. It is very simple. If you do not put a target on Iran, they will continue their malignant behavior. There's no question at all that Hamas receives 90% of its resources from Iran. Hezbollah funded by Iran. Iran is the strongest, most powerful evil force on the planet. The state sponsor of terrorism, killing Americans in Israel and uh, in Gaza, it is no doubt that what you need is a strong American president who puts Iran in their place. The consequence for American deaths must be on the hands and on the heads of Iran. Mm -hmm. Anything less than that, you will continue to see terrorism spread throughout the region and bases, American bases, American military personnel under fire in the region. Senator, what does that look like, though? Does that look, is that about the, the U.S. Uh, taking out Hezbollah, for instance, uh, or m maybe responding to the attacks that we have seen in, uh, in Iraq uh, and other places that have happened over the last 72 hours? Well, it's a combination because it goes back at the last two years. We've had 83 different attacks on, on our soldiers, on Americans, 
throughout the Biden administration with only four or five responses. The first thing that you do is you cripple Iran's economy by focusing on the sanctions in their energy sector. The second thing that you do is that you tell them that if there's a death of a hostage in their hands or in the hands of their proxies, there's going to be the price of someone's life in Iran. That is the only way for us to have a foreign policy that actually works. You must put the highest price on the folks who do the greatest damage. Hamas is just an extension, a proxy of Iran. If you want to bring Americans home, if you want to bring Israelis home, you have to focus not just on Hamas, but on Iran. You should eliminate Hamas from the face of the planet and then turn your attention to the nuclear enrichment program in Iran and their oil energy sector. South Carolina Senator and Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott on America Right Now. The best news of the entire weekend, the best news, of course, was the release of the two American hostages back on Friday. Obviously not the Friday news dump because this was completely unforeseen, but it was by far the best news of the weekend. A mother and her 17-year-old daughter from Chicago that were visiting relatives in southern Israel taken hostage and released on Friday. Ten other Americans and nearly 200 people in all are still being held hostage by Hamas. Let's go back to Friday's edition of National Report with special guest Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Your assessment, sir, is the Biden administration handling the situation properly? Well, we know that they outed some of our special operators by publishing pictures of them on Instagram. Those would likely be the type of of operators who would be involved in hostage rescue efforts. And so that's totally blown their ability potentially to use those operators. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people saw that. So that was very reckless for them to do it. I don't know if they just thought the photo op was was worth it, but but that's not the way you roll, especially with sensitive operations like that. So look, it's hard to know what they're doing behind the scenes because if they were smart, this would not be anything they'd be publicizing. But there are Americans held hostage. That is an absolute responsibility of the president of the United States. And it's yet another reason why we shouldn't be sending any money that Hamas can get. While they're holding our own people hostage, that should be number one priority, return the hostages or you'll have hell to pay. Uh, sir, do you have, again, looking at what's happening here in, in Israel, do you have concern for, for where this could lead, what's happening in Ukraine, the potential there in China, uh, again, in Israel, and then at a time where the House of Representatives can't find their own leadership? Does that bother you? Well, look, I think that um, China is really benefiting by what's going on in the world, because I think Biden is not fixated on China. In fact, he doesn't even view China as a serious threat. He thinks that this is kind of a friendly competition. That is not the case. We, we know we have inadequate hard power in the Indo-Pacific to deny China's ambitions in that region. And, you know, here's the thing. There's a lot of issues in the world that we've got to deal with. You know, terrorism is still a fact. Yeah, we didn't talk about it as much as maybe we did 10, 15 years ago. But Israel shows that. You have the instability in Europe. You have problems in our own hemisphere. Uh, but the only real global threat that, that is a peer competitor to ours is, is China. And I think Biden's really helped China uh, continue to, to move forward and, and challenge us. Now, in terms of the, the speaker race, look, I don't think when you're a gang that shoots straight, that's just not good. It's not, it doesn't inspire confidence. 
You see these guys running around like chickens with their head cut off. I think they need to elect a speaker today. Uh, I would vote for Jim Jordan. I think he'd do a good job. He's a good conservative. Uh, but they got to get this done. And so much of what they're doing in D.C. is theatrics, but it's not leading to any results. And in Florida, we do the opposite. We don't do the theatrics. We don't do political empty calories. We just deliver results. I mean, we've delivered results on all these issues. In fact, I was the one bringing back people from Israel when Biden was not scrambling resources. There were people stranded there, Americans, Floridians. I did an executive order last week. We scrambled our assets, and we've brought back hundreds of Americans, mostly Floridians, who were stranded in the war zone. So that's what you got to do. You got to step up and lead. And Florida Governor and Republican Presidential Candidate Ronnie D on National Report with Emma Reckenberg and Sean Kreisman. That's weekday mornings at 9 o'clock Eastern, right after Wake Up America. The House, as we know now, did not elect Jim Jordan, and now there are nine, nine Republicans who want to be Speaker. Majority Whip Tom Emmer of Minnesota. Some others include Byron Donalds of Florida, retired Marine Lieutenant General Jack Bergman of Michigan, and others. Wake Up America Weekend Edition spoke about it with Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter. Good morning, Congressman. Yes. Congressman. Good morning. Good morning. So walk us through what is going yeah. on with Republicans in the House. Let us know. Well, I, I, I suspect you could say that we're on plan D. We've been through A with Kevin McCarthy, B with Steve Scalise, and now C with, uh, with Jim Jordan. And all three are great leaders and and great patriots who would have made, and Kevin was a fine speaker, obviously, a great speaker, and, and Jim and, and Steve would have been great speakers as well. But the good news is, is that we've got a deep bench. We've got a lot of talent in our in our conference, a lot of people who can step up and, and lead the way. And, and now we're going to go back on Monday night. We'll have uh, nominations. People are, have the opportunity to run. We've got quite a few people who have expressed an interest in this. I'm supporting Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer is our majority whip right now. He has uh, uh, done a great job as whip. He's He's got a plan, which we need. We need a plan on how we could move forward, and he has a plan. He also has a team in place and, and has the experience. He ran Iron NRCC for two sessions and did a great job. So I think Tom would be a, a, a fine speaker. Although, again, we've got a, a deep bench with a lot of talent in our conference. So I'm very confident that we're going to get a great speaker. Congressman, before I ask you the next question, I wanted to follow up on that with um, Congressman Emmer. He has not been very supportive of President Trump. Do you think that would be a problem for him, uh, for a lot of members? They, you know, Not to say that he's a never-Trumper, but he certainly hasn't been supportive of President Trump. Well, and, and I saw where President Trump came out um, against him, and, uh, and I'm, I'm disappointed in that. But at the same time, uh, look, we, we're a big tent. We're, we're, we've got a lot of, of different personalities, a lot of different uh, groups, if you will, in, in our conference. And I think Tom can bring us together. So I'm excited about his, uh, about his candidacy. That's Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter. Tom Emmer likely won't get enough votes for exactly the reason that host Michael Grimm mentioned. Emmer is not a Trump supporter. For more, let's go to this morning's edition of Wake Up America.
Good morning. Welcome back into Wake Up America. Glad you're with us on this Monday. So Jim Jordan dropping out of the speaker's race formally on Friday. This after the Ohio congressman was unable to secure the 217 votes needed to win the gavel. So now a, quote, large group of GOP lawmakers say that they are all interested in running for speaker, which sets up what is expected to be a raucous closed-door meeting later today. They will vote tomorrow in the fourth ballot at some point mid-morning. For more, let's welcome in former Pennsylvania senator, former presidential candidate, Rick Santorum. Senator, good morning. Good to good see morning. you. How was the weekend? Terrific. I mean, can you believe this? Here we go. Day 19 of this. Yeah, I mean, it It just tells you uh, when you knock Humpty Dumpty off the wall, it is hard to put things back together again. And they, they, uh, the, the group of eight, uh, really destroyed all the political norms over the past year. And uh, when you do that and you try to, a place runs, this place runs not just on rules, but on precedent, on how how things are, are supposed to work. And uh, and there's a reason for that. It's hard to manage 218 plus people to get them to agree to do anything. Mm. And, and so when you break those norms and uh, you know you give the power to a small group of people to break things, uh, and th- that group of people is very much tied to uh, to promoting themselves and their own agenda, uh, then you end up with situations like this. It's not going to be easy for them this week. Uh, I think the fact that there are nine people running uh, tells you how uh, how fractured this, uh, this this body is. Look, I know a lot of the folks that are running that some of them are actually very good friends of mine. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for them. I'm pulling for them. I mean, I think uh, you, got, you got Mike Johnson, who is I think, uh, you know, who I've been talking about before, I, I see someone as a as a potential consensus candidate in the group. Uh, yet, you know, uh, I, like I said, I have good friends from Pennsylvania, Dan Muser, who's a newer member, yeah. uh, but it's, has made a fast path up. I mean, I, I can go down the list and tell you, you know, the attributes of every one of them. Uh, we'll just wait and see how it shakes out. Yeah. And, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men are going to try to put this thing together again, hopefully this week, because now all of a sudden you've got to start thinking about November 17th. That's the date when the government will presumably shut down. If we don't have a speaker of the House, it will it will definitely happen. Uh- Rob Finnerty on the Monday morning edition of Wake Up America with former Republican senator and presidential candidate Rick Santorum. So the House will meet today, later today, and not only has this been an enormous talking point for the Democrats, if you watched any other cable news or talk shows over the weekend, but when you get outside your circle, when you get unplugged from being plugged in, as I did last week, it is a bad look to a lot of Americans, including a lot of Republicans. By the way, if you go to another city or state and talk to people, it's just plain scary in general to hear what the so-called average American has to say, or even worse, what they don't have to say. How little informed many people really are. You have to get outside of your circle, and certainly outside of other conservatives, because it's really kind of scary. Makes me wonder about the upcoming, well, makes me wonder about a lot of things, but makes me wonder uh, specifically about the upcoming presidential election. Meanwhile, at the White House today, President Biden, who returned from Delaware this morning, has some meeting about Bidenomics, which research has showed, you may have seen this over the weekend as well, that it isn't really resonating with most people. And a bipartisan group of senators led by Susan Collins of Maine is in Israel. They'll also be going to Saudi Arabia 
Media. You'll be hearing more about that today. Keep up with all of the news, and there is plenty of it on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable systems, including AT&T, Comcast, Xfinity, Fios, Spectrum, and many others, and on your favorite streaming platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, Pluto, and more. By the way, complete side note, but... If you're an Amazon investor, as I am, Amazon is reporting earnings uh, sometime this week. And let's hope that the market can finally squeeze out some green numbers today. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.